0: blog Talk Radio. It's happening
1: again. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Doctor Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co host. www.yagain.org. And now, your co hosts, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. Hi, and welcome to the show. Today is Friday, June the 10th, 2016. Our call in number is 646 200 4169. Press one, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions because that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael.
2: Well, thank you, dear heart, and welcome, everyone. We're honored that you're here once again to join us to enter into this awesome conversation about forgiveness and to come to understand that virtually everything that we've been taught about forgiveness is absolutely, totally, and completely backward. And the problem with being taught things in a backward way is that we end up with a perceptual prejudice that doesn't allow us to see the truth. So if the brain cells we're coming from are hooked up backward, and a lot of people uh, have a let's say a religious education where there was a lot of stuff linked to fear and it was hooked up backward. And so they have this perceptual prejudice to look at everything through this fear-based mind, which is totally and completely against what the origination of the process of whatever religion it is was based because it was all based in getting to the space of love. But if we've been wired backward and so – You know, if you found yourself in abusive, you know, we get to work with a lot of people who have been through a lot of religious abuse, quite literally, sadly. And fortunately, the gift of that is you've got the brain cells, and it's just a matter of rewiring that so that you can come out of the perceptual prejudice of seeing things through fear and move into the space of seeing things through what in Aramaic was called rachma. It is a challenging prejudice to overcome and the reason it's so challenging is because the mind constructing our perceptual output can only construct it out of its content as long as there's content active within the mind within the carbon-based memory system now of course the forgiveness process collapses what's active in carbon-based memory collapses what's active in the mind and creates a space to taste something free of that perceptual prejudice. And as you become free of that, what happens is you tend to live more and more and more seeing through that filter that was called Rachma, that filter in the frontal lobes of the brain that keeps the mind on track with love and is a gateway for love to come into the human form. So the forgiveness process is about collapsing the perceptual prejudices of hostility and fear that have us interpreting things through the mindset of the culture we've been brought up in. And, you know, basically you look at it and we live in a culture of victimhood. Uh, You know, you listen to, you know, we're seeing some good examples of it right now on the political stage We have people who are downing this race, that race, this group, that religion, all over it, and then you watch that perceptual prejudice that sees people through that, and then the minute somebody says a word to him, you'll notice that he's the victim. Oh, look what they did to me, and, you know, on and on goes the game. Not exactly what we need for the perceptual system of our world leaders. That's what leads to insanity, and so to begin to overcome those perceptual prejudices based in hostility or fear and to liberate or undo the energy attached to the brain cells built out of hostility or fear is to make a space, make room for the expression of perception based in love. We got a question, a a text question from Dr. Phil this morning about gratitude and and the the link to forgiveness and the link to or, or whether it was a totally separate process. And I think that you know there's actually quite a bit of research that's been done on gratitude and how it shifts the whole energy system of the human being. So independently, gratitude is a powerful thing to have. But when you link it to forgiveness and you you know at that moment where the perceptions based in hostility or fear collapse, and when they collapse, the presence of love comes forward. You start to see a shift, and if one is, has the brain cells to appreciate the shift that's taking place, then gratitude will flow into the space naturally and expand and continue the transformation. So that would be my take on that one, Phil. That it moves things forward. You know, it's it's kind of like a synergistic effect. You know, if uh, if you're adjusting somebody as a chiropractor, who is nutritionally insolvent. You're going to get certain results, but they're not going to move nearly as quickly as if they're nutritionally solvent. They have the minerals they need. They have the nutrients they need for their energy system to move and flow properly. It's going to make your job easier. So the two work hand in hand, and that's one of the reasons why in our intensives we do a totally fresh and raw dietary regimen so that people are able to get the nutrients that they need, the enzyme activity that they need to start to detox themselves and be restored to nutritional solvency. You know, if you take a look, it was actually Rutgers University that set out in their, you know, their regular uh, cultural, agricultural department to prove that there was no difference between organic food and conventionally grown food. Now. You don't have to be, it doesn't take a really big brain to understand that if you have a field that for 50 years has been growing the same crop and all they put on it are three nutrients, PNK, the three nutrients they put on it every year, it doesn't take a big brain to say it's not going to be long before that field is going to be drained of nutrition. And the food that grows on it, because the PNK will allow the structure of the food to grow. And there are two different things to be concerned about with food. One is the structure and the other is the content of the structure, just like your energy system. You have your physiological structure, you want it to be sound, but you also need for it to be nutritionally and emotionally solvent. You need to have it in a space where it's linked to and connected to the energy that it needs for sustenance. And so it is with uh food so Rutgers university sets out to prove there's no difference and they end up saying that there are 70 80 and 90 percent uh, differences between organically grown food and and uh, conventionally grown food so if you're only concerned about the structure of the food and filling your belly you know eat all the conventional food you want if you're considering the content of the food and organic food is expensive no question by comparison but if you think about you know you're, you're buying an empty house with conventionally grown food pretty much you know you're going out you're going to shop for a house you buy a house and it is just it, it doesn't have the walls in it it doesn't have it's a structure with an outside skin and that's it so you buy that and there's a certain price now let's imagine that you go to the model next door where there's luxurious carpet the walls are finished, the paintings are on the walls, the furniture, you know, really high-class furniture, the dishes, the, um, uh, the, the silverware is in the sink, you know, there's there's dishwasher soap, you know, it's, it's like it's fully complete. Obviously, there's going to be a price difference between those two houses. And, you know, you can, of course, buy a house that's bare bones and you can finish it. But, you know, you can't exactly do the same thing if you're buying food for its structure and not getting the content that's supposed to go with it. And in order to get the content that goes with it, there has to be uh, soil that's been treated according to the way the energy of soil works. In the ancient teachings, it was called land laws and you rotated crops and every seven years you let the field lie fallow. Now somebody knew how the energy system worked. And they knew it was really dumb to expect to get. Now, again, you can get great structure in these vegetables or in this meat or these chickens or whatever. You can get great structure, but you can't get the content that's needed to nourish your structure. So while it appears that it's much more expensive in the end, what you're really buying it for, I mean, it's nice to have your belly full, but what you're really buying it for is the content, the nutrition that's there. And so all of a sudden organic food becomes cheaper than conventional food because you're buying units of nutrient rather than units of structure alone. So in the same way, you know, there's synergy. We have to have the content there and so as I would see it the the nutrition or the um, uh, gratitude and the forgiveness process work hand in hand and each time one uses forgiveness to collapse the perceptual output of their minds, what happens is there's a space for that flow of energy called gratitude to open and be connected to and just appreciate what we have. And so that would be my take there, and we're just delighted that you're here to share with us, and let's say hello to Dr. Tim. Jeannie, is Tim with us?
1: He is, and he's on.
3: How do you be, young man? I'm doing quite well, thank you. Oh, good.
2: Anything exciting in your world today?
3: Well, we had our Thursday group last night and had six people. That's
2: quite a bit more than the average. That's growing for, for Thursday night then. That's awesome. Yeah, that's quite a bit more than the average. We had
3: two people and three people and one person in the past few weeks, and this is to have six was quite a treat we watched because we had two people who were brand new and haven't ever been exposed to the work we had we watched the uh first half of empowered to heal and um and then somebody did a worksheet that he was primed to do from the time he came in and said he needed to do one so it was a wonderful example for the two first time people and um we had quite a nice discussion about what you lay out in the first hour of the video, Empowered to Heal. And people kept asking, so when did he record that? And I think it was 95 or 97, something like that. It was interesting because if you look into the um, double slit experiment, which is what you would reference indirectly that talks about how they've demonstrated that energy can act like a particle or act like a wave, well, the movie that came out, What the Bleep Do We Know?, that came out and promoted that for general consumption, came out in 2005, 2006, was the uh, Down the Rabbit Hole version. So this is probably ten years before that or more that you were weaving that into your lecture and it was a real eye-opener for some people that this is just discussing how the system works even though there were a lot of references to scripture and yeshua etc it's it's not religious it is simply understanding how the mind and body energy system work and so it was a lovely evening and I woke up this morning, and I was thinking about I heard yet another um, not so nice thing that happened in the world, and and I was thinking about how if I'm upset, and I think my upset is because of a news article that I heard, or somebody that drove their bike into a bunch of bicyclists, or whatever. The first and most important thing for me to do is go inside myself and dismantle my murderous rage or my grief and confusion. Because not only is it a good thing to do, it's the only thing I actually have control over in relation to the news I heard about these events in the outside world. And in the big picture... If I think it's horrible that someone did this, that, or the other thing, the only productive use of my energy is to focus inside myself and remove those same or similar energies from my mind and my body and my history and my family. So all that got triggered probably because of watching the first half of Empowered to Heal again last night and then waking up and hearing yet another news story about something that was less than loving. So so those are my thoughts for the day. Glad to be here.
2: Well, delighted to have you here. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting on one of the earlier points that you were making, how the, I mean, it's been so skillfully done to set Yeshua's teachings up as religion, and it's different than mine. Or religion's a waste of time. Or that's silly. You know, that's that's old. That's, that's people out in the desert living in tents are going to tell us how to live. Ha ha ha. You know, uh, the the skill with which that has been excluded, the truth of it has been excluded from the culture and turned into something that it never was, is just amazing. And uh, the, once one actually starts to look without you know, a perceptual prejudice at the first century meanings of the words and the concepts and the ideas and how the instructions come together to bring correction and healing, it's just, you know, I've been specifically working with the Aramaic for better than 35 years and it keeps Boggling my mind over and over again when another level of insight comes, and you know something that I didn't have the brain cells to see. I go back and look, and it's like, oh my god, he knew that. How did he know that? <laughs> and uh, you know, so it's it's pretty amazing how it just keeps unfolding and unfolding and unfolding. Uh, there are people out there, like I don't know if you've ever watched any Bill Maher stuff. He did a movie on religiosity, where I mean, he is so. My take would be so much enrage about whatever, I mean, who knows what happened to him, that he's in such a space. And the the sarcasm that's used, I enjoy watching him because he makes some good points, but his sarcasm can get a little thick. But I think he's a man from watching him and I've listened to some of his interviews that he would love to know what it really means. I think he's a sincere I want to know, but, you know, I've given up and i got too much pain to handle, so I'm going to just do this, uh, you know, I'm going to diss it all the way to, into the ground so that uh, I don't have to look there. So it's, it's it's interesting how skillfully the actual words and teachings of the man, the meanings have been removed from the culture and been set up to look like something that they're simply not. And what a loss for people who don't have access. What a loss. It's just, it's mind-boggling.
3: Well, so I'm grateful to have the tools and to be able to learn increasingly to focus inside myself when a triggering event reveals to me something that I shouldn't be carrying
2: around in my system. Yeah, and, you know, when we look at the the collective mind and how the collective mind creates these insane results, and as you said, when I can look at that insane result, and I, I can say that's not life-supporting, that's not life-sustaining, so that's insane, that's one thing, but then if I'm in trauma and pain and turmoil about it, You know, that's my work, and our our invitation to everybody is that any event where you would see yourself in pain or turmoil or trauma, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, over the baby crying or, you know, whatever it is, over the political situation in the world, if you're in pain or turmoil about it, then energetically you're a contributor to it in the world, a contributor energetically that supports it continuing to happen. And so, to take responsibility for what's moving in me and remove the disintegrative energy in me that seems to be about this situation, it's not about this situation. Millions of minds have been collectively brainwashed into certain hostilities and fears. And, you know, a beautiful lesson that Job gave us 3,000 years ago was that which I feared most has come upon me. So everybody who holds this fear is contributing to setting up a collective vibration that will bring that about in the world. And so the greatest gift that we can give is if I have a disturbance about the baby crying is to breathe, get still, get quiet, and move whatever's in me that's in turmoil about the baby, that seems to be about the baby crying to remove it. And then I can bring a mind of love To the baby crying and you know the world situation the same thing if I'm in turmoil and pain it doesn't mean I don't look it doesn't mean I don't comprehend it doesn't mean I don't see the insanity but I see it free of my perceptual prejudices based in hostility or fear and I bring a mind of love to it and when enough people bring a mind of love to something that has been collectively created that obviously is way off the mark, then the energy behind that which is way off the mark begins to dissolve in the presence of those minds, those connected minds of love, and it changes the game. There's where Yeshua 2,000 years ago says resist not evil. It's like don't fight against it, bring awareness to it, but bring rather than fight bringing your hostility and fear to it, What he's in essence saying is if if your brother does something and it's bizarre and off the wall and off the mark, you can see that, observe it, and if you bring an energy that's off the mark to it, your own hostility or fear, then you must remove from your heart, he says, the wrongs of your brother. That energy which you put into your brain's image of whoever did that insanity, that energy that has you feeling turmoil is about you and it's yours. And so as you remove that, as you apply forgiveness to that, then you arrive on the scene bringing a different energy than most of the world brings. So you literally are able to follow what this man Yeshua said, where he said, I'm in this world, but I'm not of it. You know, here I am. I'm standing in the midst of the insanity. It's really clear how much insanity is going on here. And... It doesn't run my energy system. It doesn't run me because I have a different source than that. I go to a different mind for that which feeds me. And while one has a lot of emotional turmoil and pain around any given issue, they just can't do that. And so it takes the consistent, persistent daily work of removing the hostilities and fears, so that you can stand in a centered space of love and rather than be in what your mind says, I'm disturbed about that, you can say to yourself, I'm disturbed. Not disturbed about that, I'm disturbed. And so what I choose to do is remove my disturbance. Then I bring a whole, peaceful mind of love to the world, and I become a transformer of the world, empowered to heal rather than inspiring disease because of my own diseases, my own hostility and fear-based energies. So it, uh, it's, it's definitely a, an interesting journey to build the brain cells around and, and to get out of the generations and generations and generations of beliefs and uh, prejudice perceptions based on hostility or fear to actually be able to start to comprehend that and to move in that direction is monumental. So let's check with Jeannie and see if there's anybody in the phone queue with a hand up or anything happening in the chat room to be aware of.
1: No, it's really quiet on both ends. So if someone has a question, you're on the switchboard press one, you're immediately in line to ask your question. Chat room's quiet. There's just me and two other people in there right now. I can hear you talking from the other room, but I can't hear you on the phone. Okay. Something must be wrong with his mute button there, so I'll chat for just a minute. Oh, there he is. No, actually,
2: my mute button's working perfectly. I just had it pushed. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Anyway. So if um, if we were in your town and your library or university or church presenting the ideas that Tim and I have just been talking about and we walk down off the stage, what question would you have for us? Which which of us would you walk over to and say, Well, but Michael or Tim, what about
1: We have a hand.
2: And that's what we're here to answer. So let's let's go for it. Great.
1: Area code five four one, is this Miss Julie in Ashland, Oregon? Yes, it is. Hi. Hey there,
2: young lady. Welcome.
0: Hi. Thank you so much. Um, I want to flag you that I sent an email to you both. uh, In the wee hours this morning, I was composing a letter to um, email to the radio station here and and suggest that you be a guest to be interviewed. Right. I just wanted you to make sure you see my email so that you can... um, look at it first and make sure I said things appro- appropriately, you know, for the introductory remarks for them, um, put on their website probably is what they do. They put a little well, summary when they have you scheduled.
2: Great. Well, we appreciate you doing okay. that. And I'm uh-huh. aware that it's there, and I have not looked at it yet. I have not read it yet. So uh,
0: okay. I've been making I'm, I'm
2: yogurt, yogurt this morning. I've been studying yogurt and cheese making this morning. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Oh, awesome! Well, okay. Um, I know how it's hard to get to emails sometimes, so all I wanted you to know is that it's there. So that's good. I'll be patient. Great. Thank you. Okay. Um, cool. So, that's, so
2: what else is exciting? Then, how can we support you?
0: Well, a lot is coming up for me um, on a lot of levels that I had pretty much successfully buried, uh, <laughs> and um, so I, I can see that I have some worksheets to do actually. Uh, um, yeah, station because it's a call-in radio show and I've called a few times and I've really not been grounded and centered and some of the things that have come out of my mouth have been um, like you always why do I say the things, uh, things that I know that I could do better I'm, it much better. I'm not kind it of cutting well, out but,
2: there I don't know if you I don't know oh, if you moved I, your phone, but you, you're starting to cut out. Didn't yes, get the I'm last
0: having trouble. So. I need to stand still in one place. So is this better?
2: That's better. This better. We got you.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, so Um. Oh, I don't know. I don't have a question, Michael. I'm just in some stuff, need to do my worksheets and don't have a question. But I appreciate what you said this morning and okay. what Dr. Kim shared. So thank you. I'll All right. Well, I'll we'll hold the so. space then. Okay. Well, that's always nice. Thank you, please. Yeah.
1: <laughs> thank you.
2: All right. Blessings. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. So our calling number is 646-200-4169. If you're on one of those stations we can't see, then uh, in our control panel, if you want to talk to us, you can just call that number and when you get in the line when the answer is, if you push one, that will raise your hand, the phone too, and Jeannie will know you want to talk to us. And We would love to hear your thoughts and your questions because as Jeannie says, that makes this your show. How can we support you?
1: We have a hand up. Okay, let's say hello. 808, you're on the air. Yes.
0: Well, it's morning here, so good morning and good afternoon where you all are. It's Roma.
2: Good afternoon, young lady.
0: Uh-huh. And um, I did the, a couple of, actually several sheets, generational, having to do with my mother and my father and the uh, the hatred that was uh, active between them and uh, heavy
2: duty space to live in, isn't
0: it? yeah, really was, and I realized one of the things I realized this morning is that no wonder my brother did what he did to me when I was newborn because it was obvious uh it's been obvious to me for a number of years that what he did he saw my father do to my mother, and um so it was uh very enlightening. And there was a lot of energy that had been triggered by, uh, <clears throat> that was present. So it kind of came up to be healed. And uh, I felt very clear when when I was finished with the worksheets. But I didn't actually finish them completely, uh, uh, one of them completely. So I came back to it about six hours later, and I was aware as i was attempting to work on it that i was com- that me in in my individual identity in this moment in time was coming up with things that were logical rather than actually being able to tap into the consciousness of i can't remember whether it was my father or my mother but the consciousness of of that being who is already transitioned and not on the planet anymore. So uh, that, to me, I think probably may be my biggest challenge in doing these ancestral things. I think my mother told me once that um, that her side of the family was, if you go back, like, um, all my relatives are Mormons, so they all do their genealogy. And <laughs> if you go back far enough, uh, you get to Mary Stewart, who was, who was in the time of Henry VIII. Huh? mm -hmm. Yeah. Queen of Scots. I remembered remembered your having said years ago that um, if you've got a stack of records and you pull the bottom one out, the whole stack collapses. So I got on an ancestral website yesterday trying to see if I could actually trace the connection that uh, supposedly is there. I was unable to do that, but, um, yeah, um, interesting. Oh, well, the result of of uh, doing the worksheets on both of my parents was amazing. Oh, my God, I don't think I've ever felt so clear in my life as I did after that. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a tremendous uh, uh, in um, um there was a, a an inflow of love that um and a lack of tension in my body i it's like
2: uh, it's called suddenly
0: my body felt so relaxed and i realized that uh yeah a lot of what i've been carrying around in present time is due to uh you know what it was um from the dna from from the pa- from my uh, uh, mother and father, so that was pretty powerful. And and mm-hmm. and you
2: might want to put into that equations and yeah. what went on inside of you as that happened. So when you talk about what your father did to your mother and mm-hmm. the patterns of behavior being followed in the family system, mm-hmm. you might want to look at the way your mother responded to quote unquote what was done to her. You know, you might make a little notation of what in quotes she said was done to her mm-hmm. and then look at what controlled her responses and then start to ask yourself how many times in, in relationship have I done that same thing? Have I done those responses?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think the fact that, that, uh, the, the incest was back there and that it was maybe four times more difficult for her than, uh, than it was for me. And she was obviously reacting very reflexively. And to the degree that, that my father, I, I only 10 years ago did I ever have any connection with any of my father's relatives because my mother saw to it that we were completely broken off from that side of the family. But my aunt, I don't know how she found me, but she did, bless her heart, and I just adore this woman. And she told me, that my father justified himself in a conversation to his brother for having sought a divorce directly from a judge. My father was an attorney, so he acquired the divorce without my mother's interaction or approval or consent. And he told his brother that he did that because he was afraid that they were going to kill each other. And when I did... when I did the chart on my father, I could feel that murderous energy. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah.
2: How many times yeah. has that murderous energy raised its head in your relationships? Notice I asked right. the question about yeah. how you've replayed the behaviors you saw your mom doing when whatever that was that he did to her was. Right. And notice you switched right back into a conversation about them. So there might mm-hmm. be some avoidance there. And it might be well, a I, very productive I, place to go to take you to the next level of your healing process yeah. to really start to look at how did murderous rage enter your relationships and well, how I did it have, impact?
0: Well, I have no perception. Uh, I don't think I've ever felt murderous rage. I, I honestly mm. don't. I, uh, I Well, I... I was enraged uh, when how I the Monsanto it. thing happened. I, I really was enraged then. And, and what I did was Uh-oh. I just went home and closed the door and didn't come out for a year and a half. And mm-hmm. uh, next week we have the hearing. Um, I, I put something on my Facebook page, which is on um, both Jeannie and, and your Facebook page is probably, well, because, you know, we're connected now. But uh, there's, mm-hmm. there's a court thing because not only was Maui uh, –
2: I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm going to put, yep. put that aspect of the conversation on hold okay? Uh, because I think it's probably much more important. Notice that the first time I asked you to look at how it impacted your life, you mm-hmm. switched into a conversation about mom and dad, and now I'm mm-hmm. asking you to go back there again, and you're yeah, switching right. into a conversation about Maui and, and Monsanto.
0: Well, and so, I feel like you're just, making you assumptions about my life. I,
2: yeah, no, know, I'm not I, making I, assumptions. I,
0: okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, um, I'm
2: just inviting you to look. Yeah. Just inviting you to look, and if I remember some, you know, back 20 years ago, a particular yeah. relationship you were in, there was some pretty heavy-duty energy.
0: There and was. So there were. If there was really some wanted, argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, but I yeah. don't think yeah. it so ever if you felt really murderous. To heal, yeah. 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 So, it, just yeah. an
2: invitation to look. No presumptions, just an invitation to look. When I listen to somebody's words, Uh what I know is that they're speaking out of the contents of their minds, Right. and their words may be strictly and simply about what's going on outside of them, but my experience over the years is that's pretty rare. It's usually reflective of, especially where there's a lot of emotion, a condition underlying, and to really heal, the willingness to just go and ask and go, well, gee, I'm not sure. Let me, let me look.
3: Well, Is okay, there a denial well,
2: that keeps me from seeing that? Well, hold, yeah. slow down. S- slow down just a little bit. I uh, have I'll to breathe. I'll just invite you to just notice. Yeah, breathe. And, and just I notice how breathe. quickly you jump in. Yeah. Yeah. Notice how quickly you jump in to stop the conversation. And so that would, for me, and I may be totally off base, but for me, that would be another indicator that maybe there's something that's ready to surface that okay. there's avoidance about. And so the invitation is just look. And, you know, if it's not there, great. That's awesome. Okay, and if it's it coming is, up, you'll benefit greatly by, by being able to embrace it. I got it.
0: Yeah. It's coming up. Cool. It, it so is, what's happening? It is the terror that I felt. And I I was... I was in danger of being murdered. I, I could have died mm-hmm. with what happened to me, mm-hmm. and I could feel it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So it's time to let that go from your body.
0: Yeah.
2: I guess you don't need to carry that around anymore.
0: Yeah. And the, it was, you know, mostly a throat experience, you know, and um. There is a healing process going on right now with a cyst on my, uh, my, on the right side of my uh, thyroid gland.
2: And the thyroid, the the thyroid dysfunction.
0: There's terror coming up.
2: So breathe into it. So just be be in a connected space. Keep keep love present, and we'll hold the space and do the same. Right. And let yourself embrace that terror. Thyroid tends to reflect thyroid dysfunction. Tends to reflect stored anger.
0: Stored anger.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not fear, but anger.
0: I must be in complete denial about that. I mean, I, I, I don't, you know, it's. I was a newborn baby. I don't think I came in with stored anger. Right. Because the newborn baby. But,
2: <laughs> but watching mom and dad and in the interplay they had, being yeah. a small child in an environment where there's some really deep religious beliefs and dad goes out and acquires himself a divorce without mom even knowing it that's, what
0: do what that's you call deep religious, religious what is deep religious belief? My, well, we were at well, I heard, family. No, all of my relatives oh I heard you say Mormon. they were Mormons yeah, my my relatives were. My parents both rejected the Mormon religion as teenagers. Ah, okay. And I was raised in an agnostic family where my father said, mm-hmm. God is love and life and flows like water. Sometimes it gets dammed up, but it still flows. And my mother said, mm-hmm. tell the truth and be kind to people. That was the religious mm-hmm. or spiritual environment I was raised in, thank God. No. So, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Mhm. Oh. Well, it's clear that you listen to me. Good breath. <laughs> it's nice to be heard. <laughs> I want to tell you. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah I hear you loud oh, and clear. It's wow. Heavy duty.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Another experience came up. Well, I think I was three. My father took me for a ride. For the I was in the car with him for the first time in my life alone, and it just felt like Christmas to me because I love my father so much. And we have in uh, that was in Phoenix. They have canals where they they uh, channel. They man-made canals where they channel the water to to um, carry it from place to place. Oh man, I don't want to talk about this. Oh God, I don't want to talk. So just
2: soften. Just soften, I and think I yourself drop there, you
0: don't want to what the emotion. Yeah, but
2: you but you're there.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm there. All right, so uh, all right, <laughs> <Like,
2: you
1: know, laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, and, so, and 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 yeah. I'll just invite you to remember. Yeah. I'll just invite uh-huh. you to remember that a memory of pain is not pain, it's a memory of pain.
0: Right. <laughs> we can
2: re-empower yeah. it and make it real again, as though that it were means. real again, but That's it's a by memory.
0: That's focusing our mind on and it. And so, yeah. yeah.
2: And as your teacher there has said, soften. Just let yourself soften into that. Right. Embrace <sighs> it in the presence of love and hold it rather than get lost in it. And as you hold it in the hands of love, it burns off. And you've yeah. got people from all over the globe that are listening to yes. this show right now yes. that are holding that space for you.
0: Yes, thank you, everyone. I, uh, I think it's fear that uh, is, uh, um, I have not processed fear as much as I probably need to. I ordered a uh, DVD of the abyss yesterday and started uh, it, it arrived and i watched it and i stopped it and gave it away because i don't want to go there well I go there, especially you? if it's not a real story i ordered it because someone here told me that it actually happened and it's obvious that what they did in the movie is, is y'all you know, manufactured I don't mind yeah. watching Schindler's List and things like that because I know they actually no. happened. But I don't want to yeah. watch the crap so. that they manufacture. <sighs> mm-hmm.
2: uh, Sounds like it's bringing a lot up for you, and that
0: can sometimes be helpful.
2: You might want to borrow it back and let what comes up move and
0: get rid of it. I don't know who took it, I who took it. but I, I uh, okay. Well, I think it's coming up today because of what I did, what I watched yesterday. So. <clears throat> Uh, yeah. so you're driving so my along father, the car with
2: dad and it feels yes, like Christmas
0: you're three yeah, yeah. and then we went to this canal and we got out of the car and sat on the banks of the canal and he masturbated in front of me and it was beautiful I saw rainbows mm-hmm. I saw rainbows the experience was beautiful mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with it for me uh, I just watched and it was beautiful and then uh and then he got scared, and I I make up, you know, with my MSU degree, I make up that probably what made him get scared was he thought about going home and what if mother were to find out, and, oh, God, what would he do? So he actually, yep. I, I, I could feel him thinking about throwing me in the canal, and then he didn't, and then he went up in the car and I, came up by myself to the car and he was sitting behind the driver's seat car he was he was sobbing. He was sobbing.
2: Pretty out of and integrity. I,
0: yeah. I got in the car and I I was standing on the seat of the car and I was trying I put my arms around him. <laughs> I was trying to comfort him. <laughs> Breathe. Breathe. He, he suddenly took his arm and his right arm and just threw me across the car. He Put your shoes on. Yeah. And, uh,.
2: Pretty, With pretty his intense anger fear, up. I'm sure.
0: What? What?
2: I would suspect there's pretty intense fear for him. Yeah. And his drug was anger. His anesthetic was anger. You
0: know? Yeah. Anger and is he, nothing
2: more than an internally produced form of alcohol, or similar to alcohol, right. and its impact in yeah. that it anesthetizes us.
0: Yeah. And later in his life, he became addicted to everything you can think of. So, uh, well, I mean, not drugs cuz that was the old days, but alcohol and God knows what, sex and anyway, mm-hmm. I yeah. uh, anger is catching, like, you know, when when you're walking by a property that has dogs in it and they, they're barking at you, you can feel it in your own gut. And I felt anger. When you well, got angry, well, I felt anger.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, you know, so uh, uh, when I'm walking, one organism to another, it's catching. That's my perception. Well,
2: I'll, I'll, let, me, let me let me offer a refinement on that. Okay,
0: you if think I'm I walking got angry past a property, yeah.
2: no, well, I don't know why. I, I don't know, but okay. I'll just offer how the yeah. physics of it works.
0: Yeah. If right. I'm
2: walking by a property where there are dogs that are barking angrily, uh-huh. that energy cannot touch or transfer to me unless mm-hmm. there's the energy of anger in me. Yeah, right. And then if there's the energy of anger in me and that starts to move, I'll feel it. The standard game of the world is I feel angry because those dogs,
3: somebody else
2: made me this. But Uh what was there was there. And there has to be a receiver for that frequency in order for it to land in a field. Exactly. And so the idea of forgiveness is as I remove those frequencies from my field, I get free of them. And then it can appear in the outer world, and I'll go, wow, I remember what that kind of anger looks like. Gee, can I offer you some support? must be a lot of pain to need that much anger to yeah. anesthetize yourself. How can I support your healing?
0: Yeah. Okay, well, I got angry. But the three-year-old got angry and yeah. would not sit no, on, the, him, on the car seat next to him. I was standing with my mm-hmm. fingertips on the dashboard of a car while he drove us home. And when I got home, my mother was in the kitchen preparing dinner, and I walked in there, and she looked at me, and she said, What's the matter? Right away she said, What's the matter? And I couldn't talk. And she said, Well, what did you do today? So I told her, and I said, And Daddy took his pee-pee out, and she, she said, What did you say? And she said, And I repeated it, and she said, Come in here and tell your father what you just told me. And I remember wanting to run out the, ba- the door of the kitchen. Yeah. Okay. But I went in, and I repeated what I said to my mother. And my father was sitting on the couch, and he looked at me, and he pointed his finger to me, and he said, now you're telling a story. And he repeated it several times. And... I was profoundly confused. I was profoundly confused. Yeah, I bet. Because I knew I was telling the truth. And, and my yeah. father, whom I adored, was saying that. And suddenly I could see this fire in his chest. His heart was just like on fire. And I, I felt compassion I for him. And I accepted that what he was... In my compassion, I accepted what he was telling me was true and i felt this earthquake take place in my brain it it split my brain split
2: so here's the undoing of the split i cancel my need to be heard when i speak i cancel my need to be believed when i speak I cancel my need for my father to tell the truth. I cancel my need for my father to support me telling the truth. And as you do those, you will undo that split and reconnect. The worksheet over the years, I've had therapists who've contacted me that do multiple personality work. And they said it's the only tool that they've seen that effectively integrates multiple personalities. Mm -hmm. That's just what's been reported to me. I wouldn't testify to that firsthand, although I've seen it happen. And so they would be some of the worksheets that would be really useful to do. And then to work on the idea of canceling your need for father to have sexual integrity And to honor you as a small child, I mean, that's a a pretty large dishonor to one's child to engage in what he engaged in. And sadly, we live in a culture where my take is it's somewhere probably between 60 and 70 percent of people have been sexually abused. And it's time for us to learn how the energy of sexuality works and come into integrity with it and that. You know, a, a father doesn't have a right to enter the intimate energy space of their child any more than he has the right to enter the intimate energy space of anyone other than the person he's in committed relationship with. And right. that's been lost in our culture. There's time okay. for us to be restored with integrity, to integrity there. Oh, yeah. That, you know, Yeshua, you know, tells a story about, in the scriptures the story of you know these men, women are bathing in the backyard of the house you know gated area and they go up on the roof and Yeshua says hey you know you think if you haven't committed adultery that you're clean but if you've done it in your mind you just committed adultery Mm -hmm. that when that energy is out of integrity it's like we don't have the right to go into anybody else's intimate space in thought, word, action or appearance Mm -hmm. unless we're invited there and yeah. our whole culture is pretty much out of integrity.
0: Yeah. It's really. And really so good.
2: to just allow that to move through, yeah, it's big, big stuff oh, on the planet. It's a big issue. Yeah. Big yeah. issue that creates horrendous amounts of unresolved trauma and pain that leads to criminality, alcohol, <laughs> drug abuse, family destruction, generational destruction. It's just... And so... I acknowledge you for your courage to open that space and to go into it to bring healing to it because and you know, a Course in a Miracle is a great principle it puts out. When you are healed you are never healed alone each person has the courage to enter that space and clean that up in them to heal that energy opens the window on the planet and it's certainly time for that to happen especially with what's been in the news the last week it's definitely time for that whole issue to be cleaned up on planet earth and for women to be treated with integrity for men to be treated with integrity for men to treat themselves with integrity for women to treat themselves with integrity and for each person to understand how that energy works and keep it clean and clear because it is the key to our genetics there's a, a lot more to the story than the old joke about the family jewels literally we are the keepers of our genes and what we put into our genes impact the generations what we take from our genes what we remove and forgive impacts the generations and changes the game so i hold the space for that energy to move and for that piece of work to be done i think that's a Though so there's been some resistance to it, that's a powerful piece of work to open and hold the space for its resolution. Thank you. I, I mean, I can't fathom what the massive confusion would be for a three-year-old. That just, you know, from from sitting on the bank of the, uh, of the canal to dad shaking his finger and saying, you're telling a oh. story. I mean, that, that whole energy uh, mass. And so remember that you keep pouring in the cleansing energy of the active presence of love, and burn that off. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: It's a great gift to the planet. Thank you. All right.
0: Yeah. And thanks. Thank you, everyone. I really appreciate, I know that that healing requires another presence. Another person is keeping love active and present. Thank all of you
2: You got it And thank you for opening the issue on that level mm-hmm. You're welcome. Breathe Go ahead, drop into the next layer Just let yourself drop in <sighs>
0: Well, it's like you say that the uh awareness of being in the body is you drop drop into it, uh, oh boy, I just feel like I could relax for days uh, good, uh, yeah, good. yeah i I think I'll try that actually. I think I'll just try that and every time my mind starts to jump around just give it a mantra to play with and keep relaxing. Um, Well,
2: actually, actually you might find it more beneficial because a mantra can become a distraction. You might want Mm -hmm. to look at what's driving it wanting to jump around and cancel the goal. Look at what's driving it wanting to cause it to jump around and cancel the goal so that you just mm -hmm. keep collapsing, collapsing, collapsing into it and bring being all the way into depth.
0: Well, if I open my eyes, my mind starts jumping around. Because I see things,
2: yes, so uh, I would
0: have to close that. Yeah, that's eye. one
2: of the things. Yeah, you know, there's a friend of mine who uh, did uh, light energy stimulation through the iris of the eye into the brain to open brain function, restore it. Sadly, he's uh, passed, and I don't think anybody carried on his work. But um,
3: mm-hmm.
2: one of the things he used to talk about was that in a single human brain, there are more connections possible than there are molecules in the known universe. Oh
0: my gosh.
2: Wow. More connections possible in one human brain than in the molecules in the known universe. I mean, you think about every grain of sand on every beach on every planet in every galaxy, connections possible and 80% of them are visual. It makes
0: That's sense why. that the universe
2: no is expanding there, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. But I yeah.
0: should. I did. Because we're- We have yet to experience more and more.
2: The whole, yeah. Yeah. Cool. (sighs) Well, we hold the space and just keep softening and breathing into it. Nice work.
0: Thank you. Aloha. All
2: right. You have a blessed one. We're down to the last minute or so, so we'll just uh, invite everyone to hold the space. And if this has resonated anything for anybody, here's a space to join in doing the work of healing a major issue on the planet around sexual energy and violation. So we just keep holding to that and we appreciate everybody who joins us. Every time you join us, the uh, archives will be available if you need to listen again and again and again. It's uh, on our website. There's a link to it. You can pick up an MP3 of today's show or uh, well over 1500 other shows. So we're, Delighted for you to do that. If you're ready to take your work to the next level, take a look at the schedule. We do have a 15 DVD free DVD offer available until the 15th of April or 15th of June for anyone who registers for a summer intensive this year. And we'll look forward to seeing you there if you're there. And have the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome energetic gift to give the world. Lessons.
3: All
1: Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and myself, Jeannie Rice, as we present the internal Aramaic Process of Forgiveness. We are here every Monday through Friday from 1 to 2 o'clock Eastern Time on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael, myself, or Aramaic Forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.whyagain.org.